Hello, I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mail Plus. I am joined this week, as every week, by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Hello. Hello. Coming up on today's show. Well, it seems that everyone has a favourite pair of jeans to wear but mm. me. Oh. And Beatrice, my daughter, tells me I need to get some jeans. I only, only, I know only wear, wear jeans, jeans. But I, I don't have, I've never been able to wear jeans. Even when I was young and theoretically slim, it all looked awful on me. That's not true. It's you true. just need to get the right pair. I know, that's what everyone says, but mm. there isn't the right pair. There I is. want a pair that's elasticated. And Beatrice says I can't That's a jigging. That. Yes, I'm not allowed <laughs> it, apparently. Anyway, so we're going to seek advice from a self-confessed denim addict to mm. help me find the perfect pair. But first, it seems that everyone is talking about ADHD at the moment. A string of celebrities have announced that they have the condition. Videos tagged with ADHD have garnered billions of views on social media. And people all over the country have been asking themselves, do I have ADHD? So we thought we'd do something on this because fascinating, actually. So to explain this, how it can affect you and how it can be managed, we are joined by Dr. Claire Bailey, who wrote a brilliant piece in the mail about her experiences as someone dealing with ADHD in later life, mm-hmm. um, so not being diagnosed as a child. No. Um, and Henry Shelford, the CEO of ADHD UK, who also has a condition and who founded the charity. Thanks for joining us. I mean, it does feel a bit like ADHD is the fashionable syndrome of the moment. Is that a fair thing to say or am I being mean? You're being oh. facetious, I think, is the word. Henry, you want to answer <laughs> us. Yeah, it's not like... It's not fashionable. What what's happened is it's been underdiagnosed for mm. decades. In this country, we only recognise it in children in the year two thousand, and in adults in the year two thousand and eight. Oh, that is so quite it, recent, it, actually, it, isn't it? Yeah. So it shouldn't be any surprise that there's a whole load of adults coming forward going, "I've got ADHD," mm. and what's happening now is, and this is a part of it, and it's wonderful for it, is people talking about ADHD, learning about it. And suddenly people are able to go, wow, that, that's me. Mm. And then they can come forward and go and, and, and get the help and support that's available. And that can be absolutely life-changing. So it's, it's definitely not fashionable. It is an underdiagnosed condition. <laughs> when I say fashionable, I suppose I, what I mean is social media, really. But if you go on to TikTok, mm. you will see that there's so many hashtag ADHD, lots of people going on about how because they sleep with their arms in a funny position that means they've got such rubbish this, that and the other so I think there is a danger when you pop when something like this becomes more spoken about mm. that social media I mean obviously if we didn't have social media we wouldn't have any of these problems that, that one should say that and also I think social media itself is a form of ADHD you know these are tiny little it certainly little fuels your ADHD and I think it if fuels, that's yeah. just the case but, it, but yes so what I worry about is that ADHD is quite a serious condition which mm. can affect you quite seriously and cause you some quite serious problems mm. And it is when it is diagnosed, it is medicated mm. with but, quite serious drugs, isn't but, it? So let's. So we need to take it seriously and not just go, oh, you know, I forgot my keys the other day, therefore mm. I've got ADHD. So that's you know, that's yeah. my worry, and I, you know, I don't want it to be trivialised because it's of a, that. It's a big. You've touched on some key points. Mm. It's, it is very undermining that people saying I'm a little bit ADHD mm. or this means I'm ADHD mm. when ADHD itself is actually a very, very difficult condition. Mm. I mean, Imogen knows this because her son has it. My son has it, yes. But there's a big difference between, because I wanted to ask either of you, actually, Claire or Henry, there's a difference between ADHD and ADD. And I'm wondering whether lots of these grown-ups who are being diagnosed later in life have in fact got ADD. Because what my is the difference? well, what one is, is hyper and one is not hyper. 
Yes. Except that the the condition is still the same. So there's a classic, one of the things that I I feel very sad about mm. is that, you know, the, the classic picture of an ADHD child or young person or whatever is bouncing off the walls. Yes. And a lot of the initial diagnosis has been looking at boys mm. and girls tend to be quieter. Mm. They don't necessarily have so much of the obvious hyperactivity Mm, mm, mm. but they still miss out they're not able to focus on the work but Mm. they're not trouble Mm. so they might be frustrated I mean so for example frustrating or frustrated both yes very very frustrating (laughs) for parents and teachers because you know there's that classic thing and I had that as the same at school that um, my forever report was Claire could do well, it's tried. Mm. And, you know, the class, it wasn't for lack of trying, mm. looking back on it. Mm. And one of the sort of sadnesses about that it, when, when it's missed is that people get a lot of negative responses. Teachers find them exasperating. Mm-hmm. Parents, it's hard work. Well, for I mean, a the people who are child with ADHD. People who, are, who don't believe in ADHD, and there are people who in the profession who don't believe mm. in ADHD. They just think it's just bad behaviour. Yes. Well, I mean, I spent an afternoon I, with I, my child and I've you he- see what it's yeah, like. Yeah, I've heard that so many times. There's no such thing as a child with ADHD, mm. just bad discipline, bad no. behaviour. And that, that's, yeah, that's that a, gives terrible, you know, the children pick that up mm. and, they, and get poor self-esteem mm. and they feel incapable of things. Mm. And that's why that actually having a diagnosis can be incredibly... Mm. Um, you know, it suddenly the world makes sense to them, mm. and there are things that they can do. They can find strategies. They're not just lazy and annoying. Mm. The bad behaviour people, I, like they are making someone's life, someone who's already finding life very difficult. They are making it much, much worse. Mm. They're depriving them of support and help, and they're bl- making they're blaming them. We know the statistics on how hard ADHD is because we know the statistics on suicide, mm. and you. Um, talking about about particularly about girls we know that women and girls with adhd one in four will at some point try and take their own life gosh i didn't know it's that eight times the baseline for men and boys it's one in ten it's four times the baseline do we know what aspects of adhd is it the case that behaviors associated with adhd cause problems that then create depression or anxiety or is it that the condition itself is a form of depression or anxiety we as a charity are funding research with the University of Glasgow right now to understand the difference between someone who has ADHD and is having a difficult time and someone who has ADHD and is having a difficult time and is suicidal. Mm. And it's important to understand it and we don't understand mm. it now. But it is complex and it's not, you know, I interviewed um, Tanya Bartz, he's fantastic and she talked about her experiences. She first tried to take her own life when she was seven. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, expresses how difficult it is from an early age to to later, the number one, the majority of funds to this charity are from parents whose children have taken but their own Also, life. Henry, there's that weird thing that I was told when my son was diagnosed with the ADHD, that if you diagnose it when you're younger, they're much less likely to self-medicate mm. later. So there is this sort of self-medicating yeah. thing, which is terrible. So addiction to alcohol and drugs is very, very high within that group because of the, you're trying to control your erratic behaviour mm. by drinking and taking stimulants mainly. Is it the case that yeah. people with ADHD are much more prone to a desire for, for, dopamine, drugs, yeah. for, for dopamine? I mean, is there, is there a neurological 
thing that happens in the brain of somebody with ADHD. Well, there's certainly significant impulsivity. That's that, yes, a exactly. Yeah, element, and you know, it's doing things without thinking and just getting into situations which, with a little bit of forethought mm. and understanding, they probably have well avoid. Mm. So that almost certainly contributes to the kind of damage it does to them as people and people around them. It can be, you know, that can have quite a significant impact. And and again, the sort of, you know, that's where medication, people who are, you know, really suffering from it, obviously, it's a spectrum. Mm. You know, I, I'm kind of probably one end of the spectrum. Mm. And I have been quite lucky in terms of, you know, getting opportunities to sort of retake A-levels, to find a profession that is quite in your face. So a lot of people with ADHD are lawyers, doctors, because the intensity of the work fires them up and they can focus really well. Is it the case that there are some advantages to having it? I mean, does it make, Henry, does it, does it make... Oh, I always think it's a superpower, like, Is it a bit of a superpower? Does it make you a bit... Is it a bit like dyslexia? Do you think, Henry? I, I think, think it's I a think, superpower I mean, myself. I think dyslexia is a bit like that. It, it, it's sort of a different mm. type of brain. The superpower analogy, mm. it can be very positive and, I, and, and it can help people and certainly within ADHD the sort of positive elements are around creativity mm. problem solving mm. being great in a crisis and using hyper focus so you know our name's terrible so it's attention deficit hyperactive disorder we, you don't have to have hyperactivity mm. as you already talked about and that's where the, the old term was ADD it's now called predominantly inattentive type we don't have a deficit of attention it's a lack of control of attention is our issue this was the thing I always used to envy about certain types of people at school was that they were able to concentrate on subjects that didn't interest them in the slightest. <laughs> Whereas if I had, a, if I was put in a classroom to do physics, mm. I would literally rather, I mean, my, honestly, my knees used to hurt. I used to get a physical sensation mm. of frustration mm. in my, my bones. My son I used to go to the lavatory all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, you just which, become, which is one of those things. Like, something to do. Something just, to do, I but, know. Or go and eat a croissant yeah, but in I the loo was his favourite one I to do. Simply couldn't, <laughs> I simply couldn't switch on my brain. Mm to do the thing that was required. But mm. if I was put in a class doing something I enjoyed, then you could barely get me out. So there's, but, but, so but also it's a classic mm. scenario that um, people with ADHD don't start, you know, they procrastinate. Mm. They, but, they fuff but, around. But, you know, Claire, this is why that. I went into and journalism, because I found that every other job I did was a disaster because it required consistency and sort of, you know, logic and plodding along and stuff. Journalism is great because basically you're asked to do something really really quickly you have to concentrate really yeah. hard there's a deadline and then once it's done you never have to do it again mm. so it's perfect because if yes. you're if you're really easily bored like i am mm. and so every day you have to write about a new topic or a new angle or a new thing so it's constant sort of newness but there's huge pressure I mean, my favorite job is when they say to me oh can you watch this thing on the television at 7 30 and we need 800 words by eight o'clock and I'm like yes and you're off that's mm. brilliant and mm -hmm. it's um it's like you just engage deadline mode I mean mm. you know this because you you know and it's interesting that you say that lots of writers and creatives yeah. have it but it isn't also an odd thing I was just going to say as a recipe writer I, I write the fast 800 recipe books mm. and the recipes are very popular probably related to the fact that I have ADHD the recipes have to be short or I'm not interested mm. They've got to be all one pan, really easy. Anybody can do it. Because I wouldn't ask anybody to do recipes that I wouldn't be bothered to get mm. to the bottom of. Mm. And I think a lot of people mm. appreciate that sort of simplicity. Mm. Henry, you started your charity because you were diagnosed with it. 
when were you diagnosed? Were you diagnosed later in life or early? You look about 12, so I'm wondering <laughs> if that's the case. That's very kind. <laughs> uh, diagnosed in my early 40s, now in my late 40s, and at some point in this year I'm going to be traumatised by having to change that, saying diagnosed in my 40s and now in my 50s. <laughs> So what, what, and what, what made, made you, you yeah, come what made forward? you go? What did, what did you do? Did you just think oh, there's something wrong with my brain? I'm going to go and see a doctor. A combination of things. Living in this, uh, I did an MBA in the States and was sort of essentially teased that I had ADHD, but didn't know enough about it. Right. And then um, coming back to the UK and really struggling and then actually looking it up and going, right, that's me. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. And using that knowledge, you know, as um, Claire's talking about, like, it's, just, it's an enlightenment to understand, to be able you know, we talk about when you're undiagnosed, it's like you're in a maze and the lights are off and you're banging into things, you're banging into others, causing and unable to navigate in your mm. life as you'd hope. And the diagnosis and the knowledge that comes with it turns the lights up mm. and suddenly you can navigate mm. and you can make a plan and you can get your life to where you know where you want it to be. How have you been on the on the on the drugs, Henry? Because my son always says that it's like they've taken half of him away when he's on his medication. And I mean, in a way, it's probably true. Did you find when you started taking the medication, whether it was, there was a transition period where you found it very, very difficult or was it immediately like somebody had switched the light on? So we know just over around 50% of people with an ADHD assessment opt for medication. Mm. And we know that roughly 90% have, it's just under 90% can benefit, find, find a benefit from it. So that 50-50 is really nice because it shows it's the choice and people opt for different different routes. And I think it's really important to convey that. Some people will talk about medication being completely life-changing mm. and it uh, it enables them to uh, have a control on their focus that they just haven't had before. Mm-hmm. I'm in that camp. You're in right. that camp. So it, is, so it is possible to, as it were, self-medicate not using out, just find methods around it. I mean, things like getting plenty of sleep is mm. incredibly important, though can be difficult mm. because they're often restless sleepers. Actually, I was going to comment on the referred to, um, oh, people leave, sleep in strange positions. Actually, if you've got ADHD, you have real restlessness in your legs. Mm. So that's that. why, yeah. and you can actually get these blankets, heavy mm. weighted blankets. Oh, yeah that kind of just settle you mm. down mm. because you have physical risk. Mm. Or you could just get a dog. That's... I have a dog that does that. So yes. he lies on my leg. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's interesting. No, no, that's, that's a light, you know, that's a little <laughs> thing that you can add, but there are yeah. lots of strategies. In terms of education, I've always felt that the education system is very geared to one type of sort of intelligence, which is the sort of type of intelligence Mm. that can focus on everything all the time and and learn things by rote. If you have ADHD, that's really difficult to do. They find you annoying in Uh, the classroom. And they find you annoying and disruptive. And so do you think there's, um, Henry, you know, in terms of your charity work, are you working with schools to try and make them understand better how to deal with pupils who have this condition? You know, is there anything that can be done? What they're surprisingly poor do? at recognising yeah. it, actually. Don't you think, Henry, they're surprisingly poor, bearing in mind that they see hundreds of children go through their system. They're very slow to recognise some child that's struggling and who could do with a few extra minutes on a piece of homework or some sort of help with con- with concentration. I mean, you know... It took years for my son to be diagnosed, and it was me who pointed it out, not the school. I found yes, it interesting. A... Sorry, okay. I, I was just going to say on on that <laughs> I sort of floated through school, mm. and 
it wasn't until right at the end of school that the teacher took me aside and said, look, stop trying to read this stuff that's not going in. Just set a time limit, get a buzzer and just do questions. That for me was utter transformation because I was going from a passive way, which I was just bored and thinking mm. of other things, to active and answering questions. And boom, I kind of powered it out and it was really transformative. Henry, you were going to say? I was. I was going to go go off on one oh, in a good. really Please happy do. way. Please do. Um, and before I did, just so I didn't forget, on the super like, uh, um, power part, which often is for kids, it is really good and it has a real positivity to it, talking about those strengths of creativity and, and using hyperfocus. But it can make you feel really bad because if you're told you're having a difficult time and someone says, use your superpower, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm not only failing at life, I'm failing at having the thing that's making me, oh, my gosh. And the way to really reframe it well is to say, yes, it's a superpower, but damn it, there's a lot of kryptonite about. Very good. And that frames it beautifully to start to focus on uh, um, what you can do to be that best person. And I love your story, Claire, like uh, on finding a way to work and that was different from other people. And that problem that you just talked to, Sarah, like the that the structure of the school mm. is defined for one. And, and, and actually, as an ADHD, you can be getting advice and it doesn't work for us, right? Just it doesn't work no. and actually and so other kids are getting bolstered mm. by advice that's working and adhd is getting advice that's not working mm. and then often because they're seen as not following it they're blamed well yes you're just and told it's you're, a really you're negative yeah. place yeah. you're not yeah. trying but, so, but on schools there's a massive problem mm. and there's well, the number of within adhd the biggest one is right at the top is the department of education does not mandate that adhd is recorded Right, and so the Department of Education has no idea how many kids have ADHD. It's, it's, so, it no so it doesn't. So it doesn't. Aren't they part of the census? It doesn't come though. under the special needs system. No. So if you're dyslexic, it does. It, do, it you does. Yeah. No, you have a send thing. It's no, no. It's not recorded formally. Oh. So if you're if you're special educational need, you tick a box and you write it in, and if you write it in with different ways, it, it can't be centrally collated. Mm. And for ADHD, it's either recorded as a medical condition or it's recorded as SEN, mm. neither of which are in detail reported up to the Department of Education. Mm, mm. The Department of Education has no idea. For autism, it does. It has a formal recording uh, system for, mm. uh, for it. It knows how many children have autism within the system. It knows it's able to work, understand the outcomes of uh, those children. And from there, push for research. ADHD, we do not have that. Mm. And we are a lot of people, right? We're, it's 5% of kids and collectively we're 2.6 million mm. people. Mm. Autism is 1%. And so we are a large cohort who are struggling. I suppose the Department of Education would be concerned that if people thought that they could get special treatment by having ADHD, that people would try and well, take we're not advantage. Special treatment. Special just saying treatment. You should know how many have it and what, and what the outcomes are. Look there is, and see there that. Is no what, are the, what are the grades? What is the graduation rate? What is the dropout rate? Mm. Like we sh you, they should know that. And from there, they should go, as they did for autism, actually, we need to research this more. We need mm. to know what strategies make a difference because at the moment we've got poor outcomes. Yes. And everyone within ADHD. I mean, I do think that the education system, and it's not just in the UK, it's everywhere. It just really does cater for sort of one very certain type of intelligence and not... Quite a binary system. Of, quite yeah. a sort of, you know, yeah. Yes, it is. So that, I mean, I think that is something that... And in terms of getting a diagnosis, if you think you might have it and you think you would like a diagnosis, what do you do? I mean, can you go to your GP? <laughs> I mean, no one can go to their GP at the moment, right? So I'm not sure that they'd be very interested. Good luck with that. It takes ages. Well, the first line is actually getting a parenting course because part of the process is not saying, and that is not saying that it's failing parents at all, 
But what it is saying is that, you know, you have to kind of be almost a super parent because they are quite challenging. They are exciting, thrilling, magnificent children, but they do need extra support, extra understanding, and that can be really transformative. So, you know, whether or not people take medication, that's a different question. I'm actually in the process of launching a parenting course, Parenting Matters, for children, which actually provides a lot of those extra strategies because it's a big deal for parents with a ch- with a seriously far on the on the spectrum. It is you know affects the whole family and uh, re- you know requires quite a lot mm-hmm. of support. And also add into that that um, obviously a pretty high percentage of those parents also have ADHD. So ADHD is it is it, is, gene- is it inherited? Is, is it genetic? Seventy six percent genetic mm. uh, description of ADHD. Yeah. My so, father always uh, used to say to me that the reason he drank so much was because it calmed his brain down. Yeah, all those kind of... So he said it slowed... He said, I I remember having this conversation with him and he said, oh, I drink so much because it slows my brain down. Well, that's what I was talking about, the self-medicating. Yeah. There's lots of people who drink a little bit too much wine in the evening just to stop the the noises in their head. Exactly. Yes, I suppose that... What's interesting is is it's often misunderstood that people think that they are overstimulated. There's this kind of myth that, you know, that's why they're bouncing up Oh, because they're eating too many blue Smarties or something. Mm. <laughs> well, those don't help and, either. I by love the way. blue Smarties, though. <laughs> They're not very helpful. And, uh, yeah, yes. If you, if Neither is Coca Cola or a sugary drink. Will be fine. Yes. But it, but actually, they're understimulated. Mm. Um, so it's a bit like you know, if you've had a late night, you're exhausted, and you have a cup of coffee, that resets your mm. brain and gives you more clarity. And that's where the medication fits in. And that's also where people create their own medication by leaving things the last possible minute yes. mm. and then the adrenaline gets you there yes. mm. i mean i think that's definitely me i definitely mm. i love mm. activating deadline of course mode. yes that um, makes it it's more very exciting. exciting you know it's it's a real high mm. actually mm. i'd say definitely definitely a real high it is fascinating yeah. and just because human beings brains are fascinating mm. And the different way they all work is fascinating. I wonder the boredom thing, whether that's a, a factor as well, because you said earlier, Claire, that, you know, you used to get very bored. I mean, is it that the ADHD brain runs quite fast or is it just that the other thing that my teachers always used to say about me was that I had the attention span of a gnat, mm. which yes. is true. Well, it's a really, it's quite confusing because, you know, a lot of parents say, well, my child hasn't got ADHD because he can spend hours on his PlayStation. Yeah. And that is just me, you know, so obviously he's not got ADHD. Well, that feeds the ADHD more than anything else. Mm. Well, quite possibly. Well, I, I was, I well, I was told that my son harder. should not go on his PlayStation um, because, but, yeah. But the, I, don't, I, I don't take it like, but they it's can, a thing of joy. Well, that's about the ADHD, yeah. 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 So their challenge yeah. is changing anyway. attention from one to the other. They can mm. hyper-focus. Do you think that the internet yeah. is good or bad for the ADHD brain? This sort of, you know, endless doom scrolling that everybody does where they watch a video for 4.3 seconds and then they switch on. What do you think, Henry? Just on, I want, on the point of like the, the hyper-focus, like the PlayStation yeah. for hours, like one of the things about um, ADHD is obviously you've got the light focus or the, joint, the sort of cascading focus oh. to this, to this, to this, to this. But you've also got the hyper focus, and it is very confusing for people. Like they are kind of, but I can focus, and then therefore I can't have ADHD. Where in fact it's a, it's actually a part of it. Mm. I think on internet, uh, 
I don't know, it's a bloody, it's a big place. To mm. <laughs> like it, mm. um, I, the funny thing I find about doom scrolling, like the problem, like it does actually give me quite a lot of peace. Like I find it quite calms you down. Like it, it does sort of calm my brain mm. and, and in a nice, and it's just making sure that it's, you don't do it to an extent that it's taking away from your life. Mm. But I think like all of these things, it can, has, can have a positive aspect. Being as somebody, I'm I'm probably a lot older than you, and uh, you know, so we didn't have anything along the lines of internet when I was a child, and we sat in cars and stared out of the window, which doesn't happen anymore. No. Mm. So, you know, so it's very so. So we were kind of un, not under stimulated, but you know, you found your own ways to entertain yes. yourself. One was often um, catatonic with boredom, I seem to remember. <laughs> yes, quite, catatonic. quite possible. <laughs> but you kind of learnt a bit more to tolerate boredom in a way. Yeah, I mean, you that, you learnt, that, yes, you definitely, you learnt to put up with mm. having to sit for hours doing things that you didn't want to do. Mm. We've got to yes. finish now. We are, read, we are, we are, oh, you read books. Yes, that was the worst. Yeah. Oh, you read books. <laughs> Those old things. Those old things. Yes. Um, well, thank you, Henry. Thank you, Claire. Oh, that was fascinating. And, um, well, thank you. Um, Henry, it's ADHD UK. And Claire, your website is called parentingmatters.co.uk. So if anyone wants to find out more, they can go there. We will include links in the show notes. Thank you, guys. You're listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag, or Imogen at Imogen E. J. Jeans. Jeans are one of the most enduring items of clothing in any wardrobe. Apparently not in mine. I literally do not have a pair of jeans right. in my wardrobe. Mm. Anyway, apparently Denim Bridges Every Social Divide can be bought readily at all price points mm. and is available in practically every style imaginable. Which leads me to the question, why is it so hard for me to find a pair? And the thing is, I need a pair mm. because my daughter, who is now my stylist, yes. and who recently went through my wardrobe and threw away all of my clothes. Oh, I mean. Uh, well, mainly half, actually. We took them to charity. Yes. Because she said that I dress like a fat middle-aged lady, which is really <laughs> what I am. So I don't really know what the problem is with that, but apparently I'm not supposed to do that anymore. Anyway, she said, the one thing I need is a pair of jeans. Right. And then she directed me to a website called Free People, which was full of incredibly slim, beautiful young mm. people wearing tiny jeans. And I gave up. But, but so, can I just say, before we speak to our expert, you do have a lovely pair of legs. And I do, quite yes. a nice behind yes I do so why don't you actually embrace that and wear okay. some jeans yes now you okay. sound like I'm my just daughter saying which that. is really irritating I'm just saying that anyway joining us now is yeah. over 50s blogger and denim addict ah. Michelle Green Michelle hello you and Imogen can now shout at me for my total inability to wear jeans yes my problem with jeans I'll tell you exactly what my problem with jeans is now I'll tell you now mm. it's that I have a fat tummy and I don't like anything that squishes into it but they cinch it, it in no, that's the whole don't. point they do no no no, no they don't because I have a very high waist so basically if I wanted a pair of jeans that didn't make my stomach mm. turn into a muffin top I would literally have to have a waistband that came up to underneath my bra mm. <laughs> I mean someone, a dungaree my, my daughter did actually <laughs> suggest a pair of maternity jeans but oh, that's I just, just think rude. that's very rude no I'm ignore her those. ignore no. her I will be having a word with her later. Anyway, you can, Michelle, Michelle some, please. You can get some lovely soft style of denim now, oh. but you don't want them to be too high because actually I'm not sure that that's very flattering mm. either. No. No, I think she should go low and then wear a baggy top. That's, what do you think I do? Well, of course, I'm, I'm obviously wearing a baggy top. But, yes. But um, someone said to me that me and M jeans are very good. They Is are that very right? Nice. 
I have got an excellent pair of me and M jeans, yes. And I think it depends what price point you want to mm. go to. Well, as I mean, well, anything up to a million. I mean, I mean actually, if they fit me and look nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I'd heard that Marks and Spencers are doing mm. some fantastic jeans this season. Oh. But I haven't tried any on. Okay. But they are dramatically different from brand to brand. They brand. are. Yeah. And once you find your brand, are, yes. that's the one you should stick they're. with. What brand do you wear, Michelle? Well, actually, my top tip is I tend to wear the more expensive brands. Mm. So I love Page, J Brand, Citizens of Humanity, mm. but they are very, very expensive. But if you find yourself an amazing local pre-loved boutique, mm. you can pick up some absolute bargains. So if they get to know you and they know what size you mm. are, then they let you in to the secret when those mm. brands come in, mm. in your size and it's a fantastic way of getting top-end denim at a much more reasonable price. Yes, I mean, the thing about that is that those pre-loved shops are probably mm. supplied by all my old jeans that I've bought and then wasn't able to fit have you actually to. Have you actually bought jeans before and then just thought, I, I, Jesus I Christ, had, what's this fresh hell? And I then threw them away. I had a really traumatic experience in mm. my early 20s when I went to buy a pair of Levi 501s. Yeah. And I remember going into the shop and it was a very cool shop because it was when Levi 501s were very cool. Oh, yeah. And do you remember that man called Nick was... Nick Kamen, he's sadly no longer yes. with us, yeah. So I thought, I'll get a pair of those. And it was just literally physically impossible for me to get into any of them. I don't know what... <laughs> it was, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, they're not very flattering because they're quite a hard den. I mean, yeah, exactly. I quite like a sort of soft little bit of stretch. Yeah, yeah, and I was sort of laughed at a bit by the sales assistant. But you could, really but you don't off. really wear that many pairs of trousers either because you wear a sort of a tracksuit bottom thing. Yes. Yeah, but what you should do, you could do a transition right. by going into a sort of, I'm not saying a jegging, no, but a, but a tight so legging jegging. thing, like a... A skin tight drain pipe thing. Yes, but I don't trouser. want a skin tight thing because then, then I, then no, I don't want that. I want a nice jean. What shape. do you want? <laughs> I want a nice pair of jeans that make me look cool because my daughter says I need to look more well, cool. What, <laughs> well, what about a straight leg yes. jean or a relaxed skinny? Uh, uh, a relaxed skinny. Okay, so tell me, it's a bit like a coffee actually these days. Mm. There isn't just you don't just go into a shop and say I would like a pair of jeans. You go, I would like a relaxed skinny top notch faded blue. Day. Yeah. Um, retro pair of jeans is that right what are the main types of jeans that one can oh my goodness there's what's so the trendiest many. I think type if i wanted to be a well, fashionable mid-50s fat lady i think we're going back towards the flare okay and the boot cut oh okay i have a boot cut boyfriend mm. style. a boyfriend jean yes no never got those either couldn't <laughs> get in. i've yeah. never had a boyfriend who was i've never was, had a boyfriend <laughs> no, i've never had a boyfriend but i've never had a boyfriend who was thinner than me i've always been fatter than my boyfriend that is so not true it's Sarah. true it is true it is true oh, god there's hours of therapy to be gone through in this podcast <laughs> no, there really it's is true. my boyfriends have always been thinner than not me not true so i could never Michelle, get ignore her. Jeans. ignore and her. you know that thing where everyone used to wear their boyfriend's shirts that would never work with me on account of the fact that i have enormous Norks. Norks. Yes, you do have a large bosom. And that it's impossible is to look. I always wanted to do that sort of French thing of looking rather cool in your boyfriend's white mm. shirt. No. Bit of very Julibinor. Just really didn't mm. work. Anyway, so get back to the subject no, of I'm... jeans. So, me and M, you think, and should you size up or down when you're over 50? I mean, is there a brand that caters for over 50s? I see Spanx does jeans. They were on Netto Porte, but they. They do? Yeah. 
they're quite difficult to get into mm. though we don't yeah. want anything too but i often tight. wear compression we socks so you know i'm 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 good at getting into garments that are tight <laughs> you're really <laughs> underselling yourself today sarah <laughs> have you had a bad day or something <laughs> a terrible day a terrible week michelle what's your you favorite get... pair of jeans what if what are you you've got someone at the moment i've got hush coated jeans on. what's they coated with they're black and they look like leather. But they're <gasps> oh, not. oh I they're like just that. Coated jeans, and I wear those all winter, right? Because you know how black jeans can sort of get dust on them, and they always look a little bit, yeah. I don't know, a bit worn out. Gray. So I like coated jeans because they're just a little bit more dressed up. Yes, but you're wearing it. You're doing that thing of wearing a cami with a cardigan, which I always think is rather cool. It is, yes. It's very glamorous. So it's very, it's quite nineties. So I'm wearing J Brand, just so oh, you know. Is that the one you like? A toothpeg, toothpeg J Brand. Yes, they must be quite skinny then, if they're. Toothpeg. Yes, you want to see? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are very skinny. She's got very skinny legs. Yeah. Yes. Do you think there's? I might just not have the jean body. Is that? Do you think that's possible? I mean. At the end of the day. I'm sure. I think there's a pair of jeans out there for everybody. Mm. You've just got to try lots and find the right jeans. What about going to a specialist jeans? Oh. Is there such like a thing? Donna Ida uh, or, oh, yes. see, but those are overwhelming. Donna Ida, you say? Donna Ida or the Denham Studio at Selfridges. Okay. You make an appointment. Right. And they've got a massive budget from low end to mm. highest end. And you can stay for two or three oh, hours. Like fun, and a personal shop <gasps> will look after you. Fun? No, yeah. it sounds like fun. Well, I don't know. It sounds like a good way of getting <laughs> oh a pair of jeans. God, I mean, I'd the... be in tears by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> to wear a special pair of big knickers. <laughs> yeah, I'd wear very big knickers. Yeah, some big knickers. But you can go and have a glass of champagne afterwards. Oh, no, because then I puff up even more. <laughs> and I'd be going. No, I've got up three sizes. I don't know. Is, don't is know there a, is there a bed you can lie on to do the zip on up? That's what you really what, want. There was one. There was a thing a few years ago where they had a, a thing. I think it was in Selfridges actually, where they had a sort of weird body mapper thing that what? would scan your body and then oh. tell you which jeans you should wear. Oh, do you remember yes. that? What happened to that? Was it just that too might horrendous? Have been they might just, have upset too many people. Upset too many people <laughs> when they saw the body scan of their actual Too many body. people cried. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. No. Okay. So, I, so, all right. So, secondhand jeans. And do you think I should go elasticated or not? <gasps> I mean, I'm thinking no, elasticated. No. No? For a bit of extra give? No. We're not elasticated. Waist, Why no. can't I have an elasticated waist? I like elasticated waist. No, no, no just no. Also, <laughs> you can have. No. Also, they don't. No. Those don't fit properly either when you do that. And your daughter wants you to be sort of cool. Yeah. Well, trendy, she wants me to look like someone off of Free way. People. That's what she, you know, the website mm. Free People. Right. She wants me to look like okay. the older ladies that they have from Free People, which is basically, as far as I can tell, Juliette Binoche. Yeah. Which is not really achievable for me, no. I'm afraid. But if you have an elasticated waist, you look like you should be wearing a tenor lady at the same time. <laughs> yes, so I think that's perhaps not a good idea. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not going to go with an elasticated waist, but you can go with some stretch. Um, okay. Yes. Right. You need to. <laughs> You need to take your daughter and go off to Selfridges. Or well, no, because what will happen if I do her. that is she will come away with seven. She has 72 pairs of jeans, <gasps> all bought from Vinted. Oh, my. Oh, no. no, I think it's 72. She'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's about as many as she has. So Actually, Vinted, do you know what might look quite cool? It's like a sort of low slung baggy flare thing. Right. Like a sort of. Well, yes, maybe that would Do you know what work? I mean? Something yes. that looks like it's a bit like you're about to paint some windows. Yes, I that could do that. That sort of look. Yeah, yeah. I do you know what it. I mean by that? Yeah. 
I prefer a smarter look, mm. indigo, dark denim. Oh, that's looks good. So much yes, smart. yes, that's good. Whereas I wouldn't recommend that us older ladies mm. go for the sort of faded, mm. ripped style. No, okay. All right. Or paint splattered. To... You can buy some that have got paint on them, that are pre-painted. Pre-painted. I'm not sure. What's your view on ripped jeans? I think it'd take a dim view on ripped oh, jeans. No. Also... no, I've tried ripped jeans and they always end up in the charity yes. shop. And when you put your leg into them, <laughs> you end up ripping them even more because your foot goes through the hole. Yes. That's true. And also there's quite a bit of escaped fat occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there like, Jesus Christ, there's my thigh. <laughs> that would be, definitely would be me, yes. Anyway, well, thank you very much, Michelle. I, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to go. I'm going to try and go to the jeans hell. In Can I come and just sit down with a bag of popcorn and watch? <laughs> Can I? Because that might be my best Saturday well, afternoon I ever. I just watch as, as some sort of dumb-chewing teenager kind I, of looks at me yeah, as though yes. I'm sort of, you know, some relic from the, the pre-Kardashian period. Oh, I do remember something. once trying to order a pair, doing a pair of trousers. I went, do you have a size larger? And I'm going, nah. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. <laughs> well, we shall look forward to the update then. Brilliant. That was Michelle Green. You can find her writing at 50andfab.co.uk and we will put a link in the show. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You have been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 